Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Today on the show, I wanted to invite somebody who has recently helped me out tremendously. Her name is Brittany Lynn, and she is, uh, you might call her my PR agent, if you will, my public relations person, somebody who has helped me recently literally get on TV and get in magazines, get in publications online, Entrepreneur, Forbes, things like that. And I wanted to have her come on to talk about the process that she takes clients through to help us, whether you choose to work with her or not, doesn't matter, to actually get results, meaning getting more exposure for free. It just takes a little bit of work and understanding of how this kind of world works. And on top of TV and media and those kinds of things, and first of all, we're gonna talk about why that's important. A lot of people have been avoiding those situations. Now, because we are in the world that we live in right now and the way it is, you actually have access to more of that because news stations aren't just interviewing people locally anymore. They're interviewing everybody around the world because everything's remote now. This is the new normal. We could take advantage of this. Brittany talks about that as well. But also, we talk about getting your pitch down to get on other people's podcasts. Getting to be a guest on another person's podcast is a huge opportunity for you to get more exposure to a targeted audience, to get more, uh, you know, everything from backlinks for SEO to traffic to your website and more authority for your brand. And today we're gonna unpack all those strategies and more with Brittany Lynn today. You can find her at Brittany L. Lynn, L-Y-N-N.com. We'll talk more about what she's done for me and so much to talk about. Anyway, enjoy the show. Let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his nickname in middle school was Stormtrooper, because when it came to girls, he always missed his shots, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to session 442 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And a great way to grow your brand and get exposure and gain a ton of authority, especially through publications and media and podcasts, is through the work that Brittany does. BrittanyLLynn.com. I literally hired her 
to do PR stuff for me. And I've just been blown away from what she's been able to do and how it works. And you know, a lot of the stuff we can actually do on our own, which is really cool. So what I really love about this conversation that you're about to hear is she teaches us and it's, you know, we, we share more about where you can get and, and go deeper with her if you'd like. But even, even without that, you're, you're gonna get some stuff and even some free templates at the end for pitches for different publications and news stations and things to look out for and whatnot. So make sure you check this out. This is a great 101 for PR and exposure and free traffic if you do it right, she'll tell you how. Here she is. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. This is a, a surreal moment for me to be on here. So it's pretty cool. Why? Why do you say that? Well, because, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but you know how I started and how I found this whole online world was through your podcast, like thousands of others. And I remember like the specifics of like when I first found your podcast and for me to like now be a guest on it is just, it's just crazy to me. Well, I definitely want to dig into that story, but I mean, this is a well-deserved spot for you. First of all, you've done so much for me, like everybody in the intro heard, and we're going to dive into more of those specifics as well. But just let's get back into your origin story. So you, you, you heard the podcast. What about the podcast and what did you, what did you do? What did you start? Yes. So um, I worked a corporate job. So I worked in corporate America for a while. um, And I had just started a new job working at a university. And I've always done marketing, PR, social media. That's what I graduated with. So that's what I'm familiar with. And so I started a new job and it was my second day of work. And somebody threw a brick through my car window. Wait, what? Like an actual brick? Like an actual brick. I can't believe I haven't actually told you this story okay. before. I did not know this was going here, but keep going. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. crazy. This is like real and raw here. So it was my second day of work and somebody threw a brick through my window. And so this was back in 2012 and I still listened to an iPod. I'm just kind of old school and I just, I didn't listen to anything on my phone. And so I only listened to music on my iPod. And so they threw a brick through my window and they stole my iPod out of it. And I was really upset and, you know, I go home and I'm like, I can't believe I had to drive home with like this, like flapping, like piece of plastic covering my window because I lived in Milwaukee and it's very cold in Milwaukee. And I started in December. So I get home and I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, what the heck am I going to listen to? Like, I don't want to listen to, you know, FM radio, like those, you know, cheesy DJs, but I don't have my iPod anymore. And he was like, well, you know, you can listen to stuff on your phone. I was like, eh. Okay, like whatever. And he was like, "Well, have you heard about podcasts?" And I was like, "What is a podcast? Like that sounds nerdy and like what are you talking about?" And he was kind of explaining it to me and I was like, "Okay, so I go on and yours was one of the very first podcasts that I had found." And, you know, I remember seeing like the album artwork and I was like, this is goofy dude, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. And from there, I just, I became obsessed with just this whole online entrepreneur experience. It was, I had never heard of it before. I didn't know of it as an option. And so it really made me determined to figure out how could I do this for myself and my family. Um, and so, you know, through finding podcasts, we also found personal finance podcasts. And so we were able to pay off all of our debt. And so, 
me being able to pay off all of our debt allowed me to be able to start this business. So it really all started from whoever threw a brick through my window and stole my iPod. I'm, gl- I'm glad I was able to actually hit the car from where I was at. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry you went through that, but obviously we go through these life experiences and they open up new doors for us. And that was really cool. What are some of the podcasts that you would listen to in the finance space? I'm curious if you want to give a shout out to any of them. Yeah. So we, we kind of first landed on Dave Ramsey because he's, you know, very popular. He's been around for a while. And again, you know, back in 2012, that was like pre like the serial podcast. I feel like that's kind of like the podcast that kind of exploded podcasting. It was, yeah. <laughs> for like the general public. Um, and so that was the first one that we listened to. And then we kind of followed his debt snowball. We kind of interpreted it to our own, kind of made it our own. And, but then I got into like the whole, all the personal finance podcasts um, and then kind of how I found out about FinCon, which I know that you've spoken at and I've now go to that. And it's just all very like connected and interesting to think about. It is. That's cool. So that's, that, that's great. And so a lot of great things can happen when you listen to podcasts. Keep that in mind, audience. When you mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, great things happen. So uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know that now you have this other business and obviously you've helped me with it. And this is your PR, public relations business. Tell us about that. What, what kinds of services do you offer? And then I'd love to dive into some of the ways that you help your clients. And even if people choose not to go further and work with you, like things that we could take away from this episode so that people can actually take action. I know that you have some free stuff to give away to uh, templates and whatnot. We'll save that till the end. So make sure you stick around. But tell us about what it is that you do now for your clients and what, what do you love about it? Yeah. So I kind of fell into offering PR as a service, to be quite honest. Um, About the first year of business, I was just doing anything under the sun that somebody would pay me to do. You know, you're just kind of figuring things out. Yeah, freelance. Yeah, freelancing. Yeah. And then about a year in, a few people asked me if I could pitch them to podcasts because they were trying to not travel as much and they wanted to stay more at home, but they still wanted to get in front of bigger audiences. And for me, it felt like a dream because I listened to all of these podcasts that they wanted to be pitched to. And I knew you know, what type of guests that they would want to have on. I was so familiar with the host. It just felt like, wow, somebody's going to pay me to do this. Like This is incredible. So it started with podcast pitching and then it kind of grew from there to then pitching publications and then pitching uh, TV networks. We've done some influencer marketing. And so we, my retainer services kind of grew over time. My team grew over time. And now we kind of have a full service agency where we help specifically online entrepreneurs get their message out there in front of bigger audiences through the media. So we primarily now focus on podcasts, publications, and TV. And then we have some other options where if the retainer option, that's typically kind of what we offer um, for the done-for-you services, is a retainer option where people hire us on to become their publicists, like we have done for you. And sure, I'm sure we'll talk about that. And then we also have, I have a course and, you know, a kind of a other options for things because I know not everybody might not be at the point where they can hire a publicist and a team, but they still want to get their message out there. And I just so strongly feel like everyone's message matters and you need to be out in front of your people. You are doing a disservice if you are not out in front of those people. And one of the best ways to get your message out there is through different media platforms. 
Yeah, I mean, when we hear about exposure and growing our business, growing our brand, oftentimes, especially entrepreneurs and those just starting out, you know, we focus on things like search engine optimization and content marketing and social media, right? Like that, th- those are our sort of big three in terms of getting more exposure. I think a lot of people consider media as sort of a bonus extra add-on or you know, one day kind of thing. What what would be your argument for actually having that be inserted into your brand as exposure mechanisms earlier on? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, you know, the three kind of big things that you just talked about, content, social media, SEO, those things work really well with PR. And so with PR, it'll work best if you have some sort of foundation already, if you have some content created, whether that's blog posts, uh, podcast episodes, a YouTube, some type of content that then you can pull from and pitch to the media, because I don't want us to reinvent the wheel. You shouldn't be pitching on topics that are totally brand new that you haven't talked about before because that kind of misses the whole point. And the biggest reason why I am a big proponent of, you know, people should be doing PR activities now before maybe they are quote unquote ready because it's free. So, you know, of course people pay us, you know, (laughs) we're not working for free (laughs) Um, for if we, if you hire us to do the pitching and reaching out and research on your behalf. But if you want to do this yourself, if you want to pitch yourself for podcast interviews, if you want to reach out to journalists, if you want to pitch yourself to a TV producer, you can do that. It's, it's sending emails. It's, it's reaching out and that's how they get story ideas. And I think a lot of people get into their head of like, I have to, you know, have this amount of money to be able to spend, but all of these opportunities are free that we get our clients. Now there are the occasional podcast hosts that charge for their guests to come on or, you know, roundup articles that sometimes are charged. But I will say, as someone that's worked in this industry, 98% of the opportunities out there are completely free. And so, you know, to have that opportunity to get in front of these big audiences when all it takes is some research and crafting up an email, you know, that's a, a much quicker way to kind of get out in front of a lot of people than some other marketing activities. You make it sound so easy. Just a little bit of research and crafting an email. And obviously, it's a little bit more complicated than that in terms of where do we do our research and how do we craft an email? And we'll talk about that for sure. I think there's another aspect to the idea of media versus SEO, content marketing. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I posted something on Twitter today. Check, Check out how cool I am versus, hey, I was featured on such and such as podcasts as 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 like the guest of honor today, right? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. I was on a news publication, like here is the cutout in the magazine that I was in, the prestige that comes with with media, right? Like I, you've helped me book a number of uh, television interviews on news stations, uh, not just locally here, but, you know, all over the United States. And when I share those, it kind of like blows people away. And if somebody's just found me, I would imagine that if they see me on the news or in a publication, a cutout of a newspaper, well, there's a lot of like, oh, there's some proof there already that this person kind of knows what they're talking about, right? Can you speak to each of this versus maybe SEO and just social media? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, that, you know, podcast, that publication, that TV 
um, network giving their stamp of approval on you. It's like they see you as an expert in your inner in your industry and they want to interview you about a particular topic. So it builds up that that brand trust with you as as a company, as an individual, as an entrepreneur. And so for new people coming, it's effective because it's like, oh, wow, I saw this guy on TV or I heard this person on a podcast and you maybe have our, you already have a relationship with that podcast host. It's like me listening to this podcast for so long. It's like, I like knew you so well, or I felt like I knew you so well. Mm-hmm. And you know, any guest that you would bring on, I automatically had a trust built with them because you trusted them to bring them on. And it's the same thing for publications and same thing for TV. And so that's effective to get new people over to your world so that they can see your stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, or what you're blogging about. And then it's also effective for current people that are in your audience that already know about you, but then they see, oh, wow, he got interviewed on Forbes or he got interviewed on you know four different TV stations and it builds up that trust a little bit more. So maybe if they are on the edge of purchasing from you, whether they're going to purchase a course or a service, it could kind of send them over the edge of like, okay, this person is the real deal. I trust them and I want to invest my money and my time with that person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is inception, right? Because we're talking about PR, but here you are, I guess, on the SPI podcast, right? And everybody listening, they'll have some credibility with you already since you know they are listening to my show, but you're on it as the guest. And if they ever want PR services or want to learn more or take advantage of some of the free challenges that you offer, whatever, they already know who to go to through me, which is which is really cool. So to have some help to get on the right podcast, to have some help to get in front of the media is, is, is so key, or at least understanding of how to do that. So let's get into that a little bit, if you don't mind. I'd love to, you know, for, for anybody out there listening right now who is like, okay, Brittany, there's, you're saying there's these free opportunities. I just have to do the research. I have to craft an email. What is the most important thing for a person to have before even diving into this world and reaching out to people? What, what do they need more than anything? Or what are the requirements, if you will? Yeah. So I'm going to cheat and I have two. (laughs) So, so the first thing is, uh, you know, before you do anything, before you're crafting any emails, anything like that, you really need to know your target audience and where they spend time, because I don't want you to waste time pitching yourself to opportunities where it's not going to have a great return on investment of your time, investment of your money, you know, all that kind of stuff. So really having a crystal clear idea of who your audience is. Do they listen to podcasts? Do they watch TV? What publications do they read? And I would challenge you if you feel like your audience, let's say you have a super niche audience and you feel like that they don't listen to podcasts. They probably do. (laughs) Uh, There is a podcast for basically any type of topic. I mean, you have talked about that plenty of times here on your podcast. So don't be dismissive of podcasts, even if you have a super small niche, because There's literally podcasts for every type of topic. And yeah, just really knowing who your audience is like down to the core. And so a lot of times whenever we have clients that are onboarding, we have them fill out an assessment so that we have a clear idea of who their audience is. And a lot of times they will have like an ideal client avatar where they name the person. And it's like, this is Susie from New York and she is a family of two. You know, they get really in depth. So the more in depth that you can get with your audience, the better. And then start figuring out, you know, once you have some of those answers, it'll start to be clear as to 
okay, where are some, are these places that I can pitch myself to? Um, If you are feeling like you have no idea really where to start, look at where your competitors are featured, or maybe people that are three or four steps ahead of you in business, look to go to their website and look at their press logo bar or go to their media page on their website, see where they have been interviewed, um, because that can give you some places to aspire to, to pitch yourself. So number one, know where your audience spends time, and then you can focus on those places to pitch yourself. And then number two would be you know, what is your messaging? What is the message that you want to get out there? And then how does that lead people back into what it is that you sell? Because a lot of times it's not necessarily you're going to go onto a podcast and be like, okay, I'm going to promote my done for you retainer services. Like that's just like not really what that's not really how podcast interviews work. That's not how TV interviews work or interviews on publications, but it's how can I help people? What is my message that I, what is the thing that I am an expert in and how can I share my own experiences um, and knowledge with an audience? And then that's going to help you start crafting your messaging because whether you're pitching a podcast, a publication, a TV, those people that are looking at those emails They want to know what's in it for their audience. So, you know, and you're a great, you could probably speak to an example as you being a podcast host, you guys probably get hundreds of pitches all of the time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you are always looking for what's going to be of value to the SPI listeners. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that are going to stand out to you the most. And if somebody doesn't, you know, sell that within their email, it's going to be disregarded because you know, you only have so many episodes you do, you only have so many interviews. And so really getting down to, you know, your messaging and what is the message that you want to get out there. And, you know, if if you have those two things figured out, you're going to be light years ahead of so many other people. Yeah. And I think the struggle is when maybe you have a more general audience or you have a lot of talents and skills and things that you could share. It's like, okay, where, where, where do we start from there? How much does relevance to what is happening in the world right now matter. And the reason I'm asking this is because this is sort of the struggle that that you and I had was like, okay, well, I could talk about a hundred different things because I've had 12 years of entrepreneurial experience. And like, would that alone be interesting? Well, not really, but what's happening in the world right now? Well, okay, a whole bunch of people are losing their jobs, right? And there's this, there's pandemic happening and I have a story and I have taught people related to that. In fact, I was laid off in 2008, as many of you know, and that was the last time the world saw sort of like major recessions like uh, and layoffs like we're seeing now. So that became the story. And then uh, that that became the pitch, right? Uh, uh, almost like a niche pitch, if you will. Tell that story about how we ca- sort of came up with that and, and what to do to almost start with the message first based on relevance to what's happening and then find the audience from there. Yeah. Yep. So I'll kind of say kind of different things for podcasts and versus TV and publications. So podcasts, if you're going to be pitching yourself to podcasts, those are, can be a little bit more evergreen Yeah, yeah um, sure. topics. So if that's like where a good starting place for you and that's where you feel comfortable, whoever's listening, you know, that is a little bit more safer with evergreen type topics. Now, obviously you want to know what types of topics that that podcast like talks about. So that's where the research comes into play to see if your topic is going to be a fit. But in regards to publications and really in particular with TV, um, and TV is going through a very interesting time (laughs) during this pandemic because, you know, before this time, 
you would have to basically go into studio to be considered to be interviewed. Well, all the studios are closed and everybody is doing remote work. So, you know, our opportunities with you kind of, you know, the world was our oyster because we could pitch you to all of the coasts. I mean, we got you in DC, we got you on the West coast. Like we kind of got you everywhere, which was great. And so I think people should not discount TV right now either. And even if people are kind of going more back to work, I see this as people are there. These stations are still going to be doing remote interviews because now they have the technology. Now they know how, whereas before it was like, well, we don't want to figure this out. So come into the studio. (laughs) Um, So with that, with the messaging, TV moves a lot more to what is happening in the world at large. So if you're going to start pitching yourself for those types of opportunities, you will want to be somewhat informed of what is happening in the news. And that can be just literally watching the news, going to their websites, watching your local news, seeing what's being reported on, what's being reported on nationally, and then just seeing what types of articles are coming out on whatever publications that you are looking for and um, are identifying as places that you can pitch yourself. Like what types of articles are they reporting on? And for a time, you know, it was very... COVID pandemic related because that was affecting literally every single person on this earth practically. And so if you weren't pitching about something related to that topic, then it was going to, nobody was going to respond to it because that's what was important in the news. But I will say that, you know, we've had to navigate this for each of our clients and our clients, while all online entrepreneurs, they're in different industries. So we have a student loan expert. We have a productivity expert. We have someone that works with product-based businesses and brick and mortar shops. And so each of those, we kind of strategically came up with topics that they could pitch on that was still relevant to what it is that they are knowledgeable in, um, but also relevant to what was happening in the news right now. And you were still able to make it work for them and still get them gigs despite the different industries and despite all this stuff happening. So it really obviously helps when you have somebody who's knowledgeable about this kind of stuff or who shares information about, okay, well, what's working now and what's not in terms of PR and media and such. But, you know, what if, what if we're on our own? Like, how do we be creative with that? And I think this speaks to really just, you know, first of all, I think there's major opportunities in the world of guest podcasting for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. likely where most of the, and the majority of the audience listening right now is likely going to start. But obviously I want you to focus on media as well, because these are free opportunities and everybody's always looking for new stories. It's just how you craft that story is, is important. Anything else left to say in terms of, of, of what we've spoken about already before we shift into like the legit how to pitch and, and, and what's that messaging like? Yeah, I think I just want to speak to anyone that's listening right now that is kind of second guessing, like, I I don't know if I'm ready, you know, who cares about me and my message? And I don't know if I have anything to share. I just want to say that don't count yourself out. Everybody has something to share. Everybody has a story that's worthy of sharing. Your people need to hear from you. And so I know that it's scary to put yourself out there, but it is so, so worth it. And just think about you know, the people that you're affecting. And I think that, you know, you talked to this too, where you think about if you, you know, hadn't started this business and if you were too scared to start, you know, think about the thousands, potentially millions of people that like wouldn't have been able to start their businesses or learn how to podcast or all of those types of things. And so I think when you kind of flip it on its head and you think about, okay, who are the people that I'm really helping? 
you know, you're doing them a disservice if you don't put yourself out there and pitch yourself for these opportunities. So I have faith in you. You can do it. Like, don't count yourself out. I love that. Thanks for that powwow. When it comes to pitching, I know that I've been on the receiving end of some terrible pitches. <laughs> so let's let's talk about podcasts first, because I think podcasts reach out to different than than other forms of media, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's stick with podcasting first. I've gotten inquiries that are like, dear smart passive income host, I love your episode 342. <laughs> and then they like list the name of the episode. It's just like I'm I'm not even reading the rest of the email. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm I'm out. How in the world with so many people vying for these opportunities, likely also reaching out to the same people that we're going to reach out to, how do we stick out? How do we craft that message? How do we get a person to go, my gosh, you'd be perfect for my show. Let's make it happen. Right. Yeah. I think we all like as a fellow podcaster, it's like we've all received those emails and it's just like, oh man. Like just <laughs> Well, for you, especially <laughs> being in PR, you're like, come on. Like really? Well, I use it as an opportunity and I send them to my free pitch templates. And then I'm like, here's how to make your pitch better. <laughs> oh, okay. There you so go. That's I kind of turn it on its head. Um, so what I would suggest, again, this is where your research really comes into play. So a lot of times people are just blanket emailing, you know, they have one pitch and they're blanket emailing hundreds of podcast hosts, hoping, you know, that a few of them reply back. And that's just not going to work. That is not going to work these days. Podcast hosts get inundated with so many pitches every single day. And if you think about it, most podcasts are weekly. So it has one episode a week. And let's say you take a guest on every single week. That's still only 52 spots in a year. And with a podcast as big as yours, you know, there's just, there's just no way you can fit in that many. So you really, really, really have to stand out whether you're pitching a big podcast or a smaller podcast. And so doing your research and figuring out, you know, does my topics, does what I'm an expert in fit within this podcast? Have they recently interviewed somebody on this topic or have they not touched this topic yet at all? Because if they have interviewed someone recently, let's say I talked about, you know, I don't know, email marketing. And, you know, they just had somebody on that was email marketing. You're probably not going to be scheduling another person to talk about email marketing very quickly. If somebody reached out to me like, hey, I'm, I'm a PR expert. I'd love to be on your show. I'm like, did you listen to the episode with Brittany? Like, like it just came out. Yeah. So just like doing that, you know, quick research, you're going to stand out against so many other people because you just took, you know, two minutes to do your research on that podcast. And then making the podcast pitch unique. So we use, we have templates that we use to kind of help people get started, but it is not like you cannot copy and paste this pitch template and send it out to everywhere because one, it's not going to make any sense because it's not going to have any of your personal information in it. Um, so it, you do have to edit them and to be really strategic about, you know, showing that you have done your research saying, I mean, literally like the such, this is such a common sense thing, but you said, you know, dear smart passive income host, like that's not Pat's name. Like, <laughs> like say their name. Like it's such a simple At thing, but, but like so many people don't do that or they just like, hello and like get right into it. And it's like, you can find out a podcast host's name. And I, here's the thing. I will say this for, this is for podcasts. This is for journalists. This is for TV. Like say their name. They are a human being. There's a human that's receiving that email and just showcasing, you know, your story and why you're unique. And, you know, you can bullet out your talking points 
like, here's what the listeners are going to learn after hearing my episode. Because again, podcast hosts are, are there to serve their audience. And so they want to know what is my audience going to take away with this? How is this going to be valuable for my audience to listen to? And so doing that research and then crafting your bullet point, you know, talking points of what they're going to learn is going to stand out so much more than, you know, any other cold pitches. And if you're just starting, you know, look at your network of people. Do you already have connections to potential podcasts that it could be a good fit for you? Or do they, do you have a friend that knows someone that you could get a warmer introduction? If you're a little bit scared to do a cold pitch, that is one of the best ways to get started because PR and pitching yourself and all of that, it is all about relationships. It is all about who you're connected to, building those relationships. And so starting with the people already in your circle is a is a great way to do that. And then if you are, if you maybe you're a little bit more starting out trying to build those relationships, use things like Facebook groups or Instagram. I feel like Instagram stories is a great way to kind of build relationships with people that you want to, but you don't maybe necessarily know because it's so much more interactive. It's a little bit more personal than other types of social media. And that is a great way to kind of start building relationships. That's how I built my business. I moved to a new city where I literally knew no one. I had no web presence at all. And I was like, I'm just going to get on Instagram and like make internet friends. And like, it sounded weird to like my, my in-person friends, but like, that's how I grew my business. I didn't know any of these people five years ago. So starting there is, you know, a great place to start with, with podcast pitching. Awesome. Brittany, tell me a little bit more about maybe some other unique ways to make connections with people who might be hosts of podcasts you want to get on. Is there anything to perhaps instead of sending an email, maybe sending a video instead and other mechanisms like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen, you know, you can get really creative with your pitches and email based pitch is kind of a, a starting place for people. Um, But if you really want to stand out, and especially if you're pitching a much bigger podcast where they receive a lot of pitches and have to sift through all of those, you can record a video and it can be, you know, a personalized video, you could upload it unlisted to YouTube um, as a way to host it. And, you know, send a personalized video of you talking to the host and being like, hey, like, and just it kind of shows your personality, shows your demeanor. And you can talk about, you know, hey, I want to pitch myself to your podcast and putting myself out there feel a little vulnerable right now. But you know, XYZ, this is how I'm going to help your audience want to make this really quick, because I know you have a lot going on in your day. And, you know, keep it as as simple and simplified as that. Um, I've heard of people doing that. Um, So that can work really well. I think you have had people do that for your podcast, right? I have. And I'm always afraid to mention that because now I'm going to get like 100 videos. Uh And then... (laughs) Thanks, Brittany. No, I'm just kidding. Cut Um, this out. No, no, no. no. Um, It works though. Like, especially for people who don't often get that. I think that when people see that you are going maybe a little bit further than normal, that stands out in whatever way that you feel like you can do that. I think that that, that's where I would have your headspace be, you know? And and also, you know, that's where it can kind of go into social media where it's like, before you pitch, maybe you want to build up and warm up the relationship a little bit. So interact with that person on Twitter or Instagram, leave comments, you know, reply to their stories 
participate in their Facebook group. If they have a Facebook group, you know, people will start to recognize that people can start to recognize names, 100%. Uh, you know, participate, you know, your YouTube live. I'm sure, you know, um, a lot of the people that are commenting on there, you probably recognize names now. So whenever they tweet you or send you a message, you're probably more apt to reply or, you know, reply back to their email or send them a message because you know that they are an active member of your community. A thousand percent. And that they oh my know gosh. you. A hundred. And, and, and the big lesson here is don't dig the well when you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, like, I think Jordan Harbinger yes. talks about that a lot. Yeah. 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 Like dig your well now, meaning in, in terms of the analogy, like start building these relationships now before you need anything. Right. And then when the time comes that when you're thirsty, then you already have this thing and you can reach out and it's not weird. It's not like, hey, I know we haven't chatted for five years, but I'm selling this ebook about dog training. Can like, can you help promote it for me? Like, it's just not going to make any sense or something. Or could I get on your podcast? Yeah. 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 And I, you know, like whenever I was first starting out my business again, like I knew nobody and it was like, how do I do all of this from scratch? I would just do, you know, virtual people kind of, kind of call them virtual coffee chats where we would just hop on Skype for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just to like get to know each other and each other's businesses. Now, of course you can't do that with, you know, someone that has a huge podcast or something, but if you're looking to, you know, grow your relationships from the ground up and especially, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, we're still probably not attending in-person events really. But you know, that was a way that you could like network with people before and meet people in person. And that's awesome and amazing. But in a time whenever you're not able to do that, let's use the tools that we we have access to. Let's hop on Skype with people. Let's hop on Zoom with people. Let's connect with people in that sort of way and build relationships. And then it's more of a natural way to share like, hey, I'm looking to pitch myself to some podcasts. Do you have any suggestions of where I could be a guest and probably the person that's talking to you will be like, Oh yeah, you should go on so-and-so. I was on there a couple of months ago and it was great. And then it's a, a much warmer introduction where you're not having to send out a completely cold pitch. For sure. I love that. And, and, and another way to get on a person's radar is to legit help them, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. like you're here because you've helped me so much. And I'm like, wow, I need to share you with everybody else who can also get help too. And, you know, you've provided value to me and now I'm, I want to give it back to you and, and, and spread your message out. And, you know, that that's really key too. And you don't need to be somebody famous in order to help somebody, right? You just need to think or do something and know what they might need help with. Yeah. And that, again, that goes back to kind of the research and paying attention and, and being in that person's, you know, hemisphere. So you kind of know what's going on. And if they share something, you know, let's say on stories like, Hey, I'm looking for like X, Y, Z, or I need help with this. And you can help with that type of thing. Like that's such an easier, you know, in and a much warmer relationship because you're helping them from the get go. So yeah, I love that tip. I'm going to ask you a tougher question now, if that's okay. All right, let's do it. See that pattern interrupt I just did for the audience there? Now they're paying attention. We were just talking about the importance of relationships. Yet, when we hire, for example, a PR agent, this person doesn't have the relationship with perhaps the podcaster. How does how do you, as a PR uh, agent for somebody, develop that relationship? Like, do you, I'm just curious, right? Because there's a little bit of a, now it's a second tier connection versus a first tier, if that were to be the case. Like, how do you, or, or do you have those connections? And like, I, like, what do we get access to by hiring people like you? 
Right. So that, yeah, that's kind of, I was going to talk, you know, on the opposite side, uh, because we work with such a variety of clients. Obviously we don't have a relationship with every single podcast host or journalist or producer known to mankind. Cause that would be impossible. Um, but you do get some leverage and you get warmer connections with people by hiring you know, a publicist or an agency that kind of already has the, a lot of those established relationships. So as an example, you know, a lot of some of the places that we pitched you um, to get on, they were much easier to get on because we already had a relationship with that particular producer because we had had another client on there. And they're going to you because you've proven that you send good people. Exactly. Exactly. So they know that it's like, oh, I can trust Brittany and her team because they sent me, you know, these three other people who were amazing at the interview. So, you know, sometimes it's like they barely even they're like, yep, anyone you send me is great. Like, let's go. So it can, you know, shorten up that time. And then you still get to build that relationship. Like you're still the person that's being interviewed. So, you know, let's say you're going onto a podcast you're still the one that's interacting with the host. So while we are, you know, connecting you guys and helping make that connection and that relationship, you know, it's it's on it's your job whenever you're getting to the interview spot to continue that relationship and who knows what can come from that. You know, I'm sure that you've done podcast episodes where, you know, bigger relationships have came out of it, but maybe products or services or working together has come out of it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want people to feel like they miss out on building those relationships with people because it's a little bit removed because you absolutely do still get to build that relationship because ultimately you're the person that's still being interviewed. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of up to you of how you want to continue that relationship with that person. You just help them get their foot in the door, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And since we already have our foot in our door and don't get me wrong, we are pitching new people all the time, you know, it, again, like it's, it's impossible to know every single, you know, podcast host and, and journalist, but because we know what, how they, th- what they want to see, we know what types of messaging that they want to see. We know kind of the ways in which to pitch them a message. It's sometimes a little better received because we know how to formulate those things. Now, Again, like I've talked about, I teach people how to formulate that on your own so that you don't have to hire someone like me if you if you can't or if it doesn't make sense because I just want everybody to know, you know, how to reach reach the media because it's just one of the the biggest and best ways um and free ways to get your message out there. Yeah. I mean, you've saved me a ton of time. I I I probably could have been able to figure out how to do this on my own and of course, you get instant access to certain networks and things where you can just pitch me and I'm already there. And we've been on, I don't know, half a dozen or more TV stations already and publications, Forbes, Entrepreneur, uh, all because of you. But what what about for those who can't afford your services, for example, and we just want to know straight up, okay, if we want to get on TV or get in a publication of some kind, it's different. It's not like a podcast, right? Where I can maybe find the Instagram account and send them a cute message or something it's a little bit more formalized and and professional, right? So what is that process like to get on something like that? Yeah. So if you think podcast hosts get a lot of pitches, journalists and producers get like 10 times more. (laughs) So they are getting so, they are getting inundated with pitches all the time. Some of my journalist friends who like they were first acquaintances and now they've become my friends. I've asked them to screen share their email inbox with me just to see like what it, what it looked like. And they were like, 
this is just today alone. And it was 200 emails that they were just different pitches from all these different types of people. Um, So one, it's just really, really important to stand out in the inbox. So like we talked about earlier with making it relevant to what's going on right now in society or within your industry, making it timely and relevant are two really big key factors. So, So consume some media, you know, look at to see what's being reported on on the news on these different publications. So like go to entrepreneur.com and see what types of articles are being written about, see how they structure their articles. So like look at the headlines and you'll start to see some common ways in which they produce their content and how they structure it. So then, you know, that's how you can use it within a pitch. So I'll give an example. So Business Insider is a publication that a lot of times they kind of use storytelling within their headlines. So an example would be like this, you know, couple paid off $162,000 of their student loan debt by moving to China. Here's how. Yeah. And so that structure is very unique to Business Insider, but it's not as, you know, common to happen on Forbes. So you'll need to, you know, do the research on the places that you're pitching to see how they structure, because then that can become your subject line. And I know you've talked a lot about email marketing and subject lines in a different way, like in for your business, but email subject lines are so important for pitches too, because that's your first introduction to someone. That's someone making a quick decision of I'm going to open this or no, I'm not going to open this. So using, you know, the potential headline that could be used for that article or for that TV segment, that's what's going to catch people's eyes. So if you're brand new to doing this and starting out, just consume some media and then you look at it from that lens of like, how are they structuring that TV interview segment? So a lot of times it'll be like, how to's or hacks or tips. So putting your messaging and your pitch into that type of formula, you will stand out above so many other people versus if you just like, Hey, I'm an online entrepreneur that's been in business for 12 years. And like, I can talk about these 12 topics. It's like, that's what, not helpful. That's not, yeah. It's like, what, what are specific things you can talk about? Um, so making it timely, relevant, if you can have some storytelling in the example. That's why, you know, the pitch with you as an example of giving tips to people that were laid off worked so well and got featured on so many different stations because it was very timely. So many people lost their jobs. It was very relevant. You know, it was like three tips or five tips, however many tips it was, I can't remember, (laughs) um, for, you know, what people can do. So it was actionable. And so it proved to that producer, okay, this person is going to give these actionable tips that people, that that our viewers can take and actually implement. So just thinking about it from that perspective is is super helpful and will help you stand out. I like that. And, And I know we're talking a lot about, you know, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Forbes. I mean, these are just in my world, the publications that we're sort of looking to get into because that's in our world, right? But if there's like a gardener, right? Listening yeah. to this right now. I mean, there's versions of Entrepreneur, but for gardeners, right? Like Home and Garden Magazine or whatever. And yeah, Same absolutely. approach, right? Yeah, same exact approach. And again, that's why it's like important to do your research of like where your viewers are. But there are publications, there's podcasts, there's all of these things out there for every type of niche. So you just use these same types of tips go to the website, go to the, the the segments, watch them, see how they're phrased. And then you can, you know, use that same type of phrasing for whenever you're pitching. 
another thing that I've noticed is that sometimes when we get just one TV spot or one magazine spot, all of a sudden we get like four or five more inquiries for pushing that elsewhere, right? Like we got that mm-hmm. one radio one. I don't yeah. even remember where that was, but that came out of nowhere because they saw me on KTLA. And I thought that was really cool how one can sort of lead to the next. And um, because a lot of these news outlets also look at other news outlets to see what the breaking stories are. And then they kind of take that as inspiration and motivation for their next story. And then is that pretty common or does that happen a lot? Yeah, that is very common. So particularly with TV, you know, if you're wanting to to have a national TV presence, one of the best ways to get started is doing local TV because national TV, a lot of times they're going to want to see that you have been interviewed before. They want to know how you're going to do on camera. So having some examples of local TV interviews that you've done can help you land a bigger, you know, Today Show, Good Morning America. Now, I will say those ones are like very big and and very hard to get onto. So um, yeah, we haven't done that yet. Keep keep it in your dreams. Hey, but maybe by the time this episode comes out, like it could have happened. So that would be cool. That's that'll be my goal. (laughs) So so yeah, so a lot of times what happens is press builds upon press. So for, you know, for one of my clients, we started working together in 2018. We still work together now. And now a lot of times we will get um, an influx of journalist requests into our inbox. So we aren't even pitching. I mean, we are pitching because that's what he's hired us to do. But there are a lot of times where about twice a week, once or twice a week, we will get a journalist that's working on a particular story. And because he has had so much press in the past and he has established himself as an expert in his industry, then the media starts to come to you. And that's like, that's what you're looking for. That's what you want. That's what, that's what like any publicist is looking for. If like, oh, you're going to come to me and ask for my client's time. I'm not even having to pitch you because you, you, you know, you know that we exist and that, um, and that we're an expert. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. And I, you know, I've experienced that in the world of podcasting. I'm looking forward to, and we're starting to slowly get that happening in the media um, sector as well. Can you speak to, for television specifically, just in case people take this action, they reach out, they have a really good uh, subject line to that email, it captures a person's attention. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to be on the news, right? They're going to be on a spot. What does that spot look like typically? And how do we best prepare for when the camera's on and we're getting interviewed, likely over Skype or Zoom or something for now, or maybe one day in the studio in the future? Right. So in studio and at home, you know, are going to be a little bit different, but I think most people are still going to be doing at home interviews. And I think that that will happen in the future after we're out of this pandemic as well. Okay. Let's focus there then. So, yeah. So at home one, you know, make sure, look at what your camera looks like whenever it's on you and what the background looks like. You don't want it to be, you know, too bright or too dark. You want to check the lighting, you know, just make sure that it kind of looks like a nice background. It was funny because on one of your local TV interviews, actually what was in the background started the conversation with the host. I don't know if you remember this one, but the, the Star one, Wars that, one. The, yeah. yeah. And she was like, it kind of broke the ice and she was kind of a fun interviewer because, you know, she kind of commented on something behind, you know, behind you, which I thought was funny. So check your camera, make sure, you know, all of that looks great behind you. Make sure you have good audio, of course, and kind of what it looks like, um, you know, most times it's going to happen either on Skype or on Zoom. So know how to use those tools, which I'm sure many of you do know how to use. And a lot of times they'll give you kind of like a time of like, 
this is when we're going to record it. So sometimes they'll do pre-recorded and sometimes they'll do live. We've kind of had a mix with you where sometimes it was recorded, sometimes it's live. And so if it's live, you'll kind of like be waiting there and then they'll kind of, they'll give you a time slot. Um, And a lot of times the interview is only going to be up to five minutes. So it's very short be very succinct. I am not succinct. So I need to be more, I need to like practice Um, because five minutes goes very quickly. So you want to kind of get through your tips as, as quick, but as informative as possible. And yeah, the the producer will kind of call you in and each kind of station is a little bit different. And you could probably share your experiences because you're the one that's being interviewed you know, they'll kind of call you in and you'll do your clip and, and then you're done. And so the, the Skype and zoom and doing it remotely is awesome because it's so much less time than having to go into the studio. If you had to go into the studio, it would be probably a three hour ordeal. Cause like you have to drive there, get ready, all that kind makeup, of stuff, yeah. makeup. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, with the remote work and doing interviews remotely, it's like, I'm really trying to encourage people to to do this now because it's like now is the opportunity because you can do it all from home and you can do it, you know, in any city because it doesn't matter where you're located. For sure. Just to speak on the experience of these remote slash live television interviews, some of them have been pre-recorded, like you said, which are just easy. They're just regular Zoom calls and they record on their end. But typically the live ones, I'll go on at the time they want me to go on. And as soon as I go on, I'll legit hear the news. Like I'm I'm hearing the feed the news feed, like I'm hearing some story about whatever. And initially, I'm just like, uh, what's going on? Like, am I, in, am I in the right spot? And typically, that'll duck down and somebody will start speaking going, hey, hello, thanks for being here. Um, you know, you'll be on in about five minutes and you'll be talking to, you know, uh, our anchor Janice or something. And because that person is just the guy behind the scenes, putting everything together, the guy or the girl. And then Eventually, you'll hear just like the lead up and, and oh, and next, you know, if you've been laid off from the pandemic, uh, we have an expert in the house today. His name is Pat Flynn. He was laid off in 2008 and he's here to give us some tips on how we can bounce back from getting laid off. Pat, welcome to the studio. Uh, th- thanks for being here. Hello. Hey, thanks. And it kind of just picks up from there, kind of blends right in. It's not like, a, all right, we're going to start in 10, 9. It's like, yeah. <laughs> usually you'll get like, okay, you're about 30 seconds out and then kind of just listen and that's it. It's very strange. And it happens like very quickly. And so just for, for listeners, just for, you know, knowledge sake, the person that is kind of doing the background behind the scenes, that's the producer. And so a lot of times that is the person that you are pitching. And then the anchor or the reporter is the one that is doing the actual interview. So when you're sending a pitch, you're going to want to pitch a producer. Now, occasionally at smaller stations, some people have two jobs where they are a producer and they're an anchor, but that's more so at smaller stations. But if you're kind of pitching bigger, you know, mainstream cities, you're going to want to look for a producer to pitch instead of an anchor or a reporter. And in terms of getting their contact info, is that on their website? Is that on LinkedIn? Like where, how do we know? Yeah. So for, you know, for us as an agency, we have a software that we subscribe to. If you are doing it on your own, I don't recommend <laughs> subscribing to a software because it's expensive and it really only makes sense if you're running an agency and you're you know constantly having to do that. But I will say for the first two years of my business running an agency, I didn't have that software because I didn't have the money to invest in that expensive software. So um, you get a little scrappy and you can find the contact information in a variety of ways. One, going to their website. 
it's kind of an easy place to start. A lot of times they won't necessarily have like Joe Smith is the you know, morning producer. So um, you can kind of use a combination of LinkedIn, of looking at the different stations and looking at all the people that have that station in their profile. You can also, one of my favorite tips is going on Twitter and, you know, searching the at, let's just use KTLA as an example, at KTLA, don't click on their, that handle, but just search it. And then it will search everyone who has that in their bio. And Twitter is a lot more popular with journalists and producers. So this, these tips can be used for finding journalists and producers. So it's kind of twofold. So a lot of times a producer or a journalist will have their emails in their bio. So if you kind of search, you know, different publications or the at KTLA, you can then figure out like the name of the producer. And if they maybe don't have their email, then you can kind of look on their website to see like what the email structure is. Cause a lot of times it's, you know, first name, last name at KTLA.com or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it takes a little bit of, of digging and research, but again, once you kind of have those relationships and once you get the email address, you know, you can go back on to those segments. You know, they do like to have time in between where it's not necessarily you're going to come on and then you're going to be on every single week. And then the same with journalists too. It's like you're building these relationships with these journalists. And especially if you're doing it for yourself, you know, you don't need hundreds of contacts with journalists. If you have a few really good relationships, they're going to think about you for articles now and for the future as well. So it's a little bit of research in the beginning, but it's worth it. Love it. These are golden tips. Thank you, Brittany. Now we could keep going here, but I also know you have some resources that are likely going to help people even more here. The first one being, you said that there were these free templates that you wanted to provide. Tell us what these templates are for and where people can get them. Yeah, so I have free pitch templates to help get people started. If you're like, okay, I'm sold. I want to pitch myself, but how do I start this? <laughs> um, so you can go to brittanyallen.com slash SPI to download those. And there is a podcast pitch template, a TV pitch template, um, a publication. Um, there's a couple more. Um, and then they also have examples. So it'll have real examples of when we have pitched our clients and they are examples that received a yes and ended up getting featured so that you can kind of see, like you see the template, but then you can also see how we kind of structured and edited the template for our different clients. You can kind of get an example of, of how to kind of tell your story within that pitch template. That's Brittany L. Lynn dot com slash SPI. Yes. Okay. B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-L-L-Y-N-N dot com slash SPI. Yes. Do we tell the people about my name or? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, what the other L stands for. Tell me what the other L stands for. You you don't know what the other L stands for? It's Lynn. Oh, that's right. Brittany Lynn Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's what, so I, I, I think the domain's better than if it was BrittanyLinLin.com because then like, did you stutter? Like what's going on? That literally happened to me with like filling out like paperwork, like Wells Fargo called me and they were like, uh, you accidentally put your last name as your middle name. Oh so you just wanted to call to clarify. And I was like, actually, it's correct. That's so great. Now, how can we forget you now? So Brittany L. It's very memorable. Lynn.com. That's so cool. That If it was for me, it'd be Pat Flynn Flynn, but that's not, that's not, that's <laughs> Philip is my middle name. Anyway, that, uh, thank you for that. And then finally, you have this thing called Pitch Fest that you do every once in a while. I think it's coming up 
I think at the time of this recording going out, perhaps next week. What is Pitch Fest? Yes. Where can people get it? What's what's it for? Pitch Fest is my five-day email challenge that you can sign up for at brittanyellen.com slash pitchfest. Um, and yeah, I just kind of walk you through the foundation and kind of the the formula that we use for our clients to get them featured on podcasts, on publications, on TV. And it's really fun because everyone is working on their pitches together during that whole week. There's a pop-up Facebook group. And then by the end of the week, the goal is to send out your first media pitch. And so I do have people that have participated over the years. So even if it's your fifth pitch or you know your 500th pitch, whatever it is, um, we would love to have you join us. That's very cool. So if you want a little bit more access to Brittany now, now would be the time to take advantage of Pitch Fest. You can check it out. And I'm sure there'll be something there even if you are listening to this later. Brittany L. Lynn, L-Y-N-N, dot com slash Pitch Fest or slash SPI for the free templates. Brittany, this was amazing. Um, other than your website, where else can people learn more about you or find you? I am everywhere on the socials at Brittany L. Lynn on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram's kind of my more preferred social media. So I'm most active there. And yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you so much for the valuable and actionable information today. And I'm sure uh, everybody's gonna love it. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brittany Lynn. Again, you can find her at brittanylynn.com. You can also find her on the socials like Instagram at the same name. And of course, the two resources there for you, if you wanna get those five pitch templates, all you have to do is go to Brittany L. Lynn, that's Brittany L and then L-Y-N-N dot com slash SPI for the five free templates, brittanylynn.com slash SPI. Or if you wanna check out PitchFest, brittanyllin.com slash pitchfest, which is coming out very shortly here. And even if you're listening to this in the future, you can check that out. There'll likely be something that you can absorb or take advantage of or perhaps get notice of the next pitchfest. But that challenge to help you get started and to have her walk you through that process with her looking over your shoulder is really great. So definitely check that out. Pitchfest, that's coming up. Thank you so much for listening in today. I appreciate you. All the notes and everything are linked to at the page, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 442. Once again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 442. Brittany, I know you listen to the show. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and how you've been able to gain uh, more exposure for me and help me get onto more media and gain more authority, be able to get in KTLA, into Washington, into Texas, into Portland. And we've gone all over, all over, all over the world, Washington State, Washington, D.C. It's just so incredible. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And to those of you listening, I appreciate you as well. This show wouldn't be here without you. So thank you so much. Appreciate all the new reviews that have been coming in. Uh, if you haven't yet checked out SPI Pro, go ahead and check that out. Smartpassiveincome.com slash pro. You can apply there. If you don't know what it is, it's our new-ish. It's been out for a few months now and it's awesome. Our membership community for entrepreneurs like you. Smartpassiveincome.com slash pro. Check it out. Thanks so much. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And as always, I love you. Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. 
And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 